Welcome to Beyond This Point. I'm Gabriel Stromberg, Creative Director of Civilization. So, what is the point of Beyond This Point? The inspiration for this podcast really came about through our studio, being so inspired by those around us who we work, collaborate, and engage with. Artists, business owners, designers, and leaders of all types. We recognize the value in having access to these distinct perspectives and wanted to create a conversation that puts a spotlight on different ways of seeing, thinking, and making. While in Hong Kong, I met with Max Dautrem, creative director and founder of A Work of Substance, or Substance for short, a multidisciplinary design firm with offices in Hong Kong, Paris, and Stockholm. Substance is on its way to truly becoming a one-stop shop for design, creating identities, websites, advertising, interiors, packaging, and even products. Their exceptional attention to detail stands out in all of their projects. Take, for instance, their recent project for Burger Circus, a burger and shake joint in Hong Kong. The interior is based on a 1940s train compartment, and the identity is inspired by, among other things, an Edward Hopper painting and Francis Lawrence's novel Water for Elephants. During our conversation, we discussed the critical importance of creativity and inspiration in the design process, attention to detail, and craftsmanship. And now, let's go beyond this point. Max, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for, for having me. I really love the name of your firm, A Work of Substance. It's direct, yet it's mysterious. Uh, what's the inspiration behind it? Um, substance. <laughs> So often you'll hear people in conversation, um, clients especially, and the word substance will come back naturally, and that's that's oh, I've I've noticed this. It's uh, and I think that's what people are naturally looking for, uh, substance, and they'll come back uh, to us or they come to us and. It's, it's really the depth of the work, uh, the attention uh, to details. And they'll, they'll, they'll repeat all this, these words together and, and eventually they'll drop the word substance and I'm like, okay, that is a, almost like um, a perfect relationship already with the client because they're subconsciously wanting um, something and it's the name of our business. So we were pretty happy when we found it. It was pretty obvious. We were like, nobody, nobody else found this. Nobody th- thought about this, but um, we got we got approached by a few Chinese companies actually that bought the name and the rights. Somehow. But we managed to, uh, to to keep it. What specifically is your definition of substance? What 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 gives something substance? Um, it's often we look at the truth behind our client's product or service. And uh, we're lucky to have clients that are in, in, uh, in industries that uh, are directly servicing customers, whether it's product or um, services like restaurants, hotels. And uh, they are looking at delivering a service that's extremely crafted. So when we, uh, our process is uh, looking at their service and in order for us to deliver something that's um, as relevant or as, as good as what they, what they tend to deliver, uh, we need to look back at something that uh, I would call substance. So hand in hand, these things deliver uh, something that's, uh, that in essence is substance. You founded the firm with Florian Michaud uh, in 2002? 2000, uh, 2000, probably later, 2006. 
seven, I think. Uh, but initially it was a collective, so it was quite, um, it wasn't a precise uh, moment where we established a business. Uh, the name, maybe, I can't put a date on it. A couple of friends, uh, different, um, different backgrounds together in a, in a place where we could actually service clients outside our day, um, our day to day job. How did you and Florian decide to start working together? Uh, so we were just we were just traveling a lot. Uh, he's um, he used to be a pro snowboarder uh, back in in France. Uh, we spent a lot of time in uh, uh, outdoors, and it felt like we needed to find something that could sustain our uh, our lifestyle. So we went around. Uh, I was traveling a lot. Uh, moved moved from France to the U.S. Um, and he decided to join on a on a short trip, and then we realized there was um, there was a lifestyle there that uh, that suited uh, this uh, sort of relationship we could get with clients quite fast. So in the states, uh, that's the beauty of, of things. It's uh, you're there, you're recognized for your skills, and not necessarily for your background. I mean, I didn't have a degree. Uh, he uh, he was not from a design background. He was from a business background. It's a lot easier there. People don't look at your uh, your CV. They're just uh, straight to your skills. Tell me a little bit about the work that you do. You work in quite a few different areas of design. Product, strategy, graphic design, interior. How do those all fit together? Uh, so it's, and it, we naturally opened up one after the other one. We were initially a uh, branding agency. So I come from a, more of a three-dimensional background, although I uh, studied architecture, uh, dropped out and went to advertising where I found out a place which was faster but more ephemeral and I wanted to look, look at something that was more sustainable and I found branding. We, we started with um, identity. Uh, it was the easiest to implement uh, with the tools you have these days with a computer. I think it's, it's something you can sell easily. Just being able to put your your artwork on a production line with printers, so that's much easier to control a relationship between um, a designer, a client, and a printer. It's a, a pretty small kind of uh, sort of service, and 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 the outcome could be easy to control. And then still not without its challenges, I'm sure in Hong Kong. Yeah, no, still, still, yeah, no. We still have to do. Uh, we still have to run a lot of uh, prototype and samples. They do mistake, but uh, we're always pushing the uh, our printers. And then uh, here it's about volume, so quality. It, it's a bit. Uh, it's not what you guys have, like with letterpress and then all these uh, these craftsmen. This sort of this idea of craftsmanship that that that's been trying to the people have been trying to keep alive. Here it's it's uh, people trying to erase it and slowly coming back to it. So we're uh, integrated. Strategy once we, our clients started to be bigger, uh, and uh, I mean it was always a bit of strategy because we always you know did some research and I could when I, I guess when the research becomes bigger, uh, you call it strategy. Uh, identity was uh, still in after strategy. We um, brought in uh, a bit of um, started including um, web design and that's something uh, we're always doing in in, uh, in France because Flow is uh, essentially. A web designer became a web programmer and, and, and specialized on, on, the, on the digital side of things. And I was feeling the 
the urge to put my hands on on volume and space, and I was doing that before uh, at the brand union, uh, the brand union in Shanghai and, and DDB, where I was uh, um, where I was the uh, creative director for brand experience, and it was um, a much more three dimensional assignment than what I was doing here first. So eventually, naturally, came to uh, design space, and we we. Uh, became a one-stop shop, uh, including marketing, so activation. Any design we were doing with and down the line activated through, through certain campaigns, uh, social media, and, uh, and, um, and yeah, so now I think we have a pretty, uh, a pretty broad uh, approach to, uh, and, and often our clients will come, come in for, for all of these items. I mean, essentially strategy, identity, uh, interior design, and web design. So that's that's and because why because they're uh, they're they're startup companies, so that's what they need to uh, sort of uh, get their business together and get their business out there. Yeah, there's some there's some really big name clients on your client list: uh, Hermes, Cartier, MTV. But you also do a lot of work with uh, with more up and coming independent smaller businesses or startups, like you mentioned. What's the benefit of having such a mix? It's. Um, it's point. I think it's it's uh, interesting that you bring this uh, bring this forward because it's been what made us and what may, makes me uh, excited by our job and uh, every day. Um, the big companies um, puts you not necessarily in a more creative place, but uh, you feel uh, that you're part uh, of of a uh, of. of uh, that your business is relevant. Uh, the smaller businesses allow you to be more creative because often they uh, they have to um, to be more competitive to start. Uh, I mean, although that's not true for certain uh, for certain industries, but altogether, I think it's it's just that uh, it's radically a different approach. Um, the small businesses are often entrepreneurs who start from scratch, and bigger businesses have uh, assignments on uh, a, a, pro a product development or, or a certain um, um, or certain campaign um, but it's um, it's been it's been interesting to see how the bigger business uh, are now interested to see uh, and to have the same attention and the intimacy that we uh, we were um, sort of expressing to the small businesses. What types of projects uh, do you specifically seek out? What, what's the quintessential substance project? Um, it's, uh, it's a good question. It, it, sounds, it sounds like size of the client isn't a determining factor and that you kind of do both well, it's big and small. I think it's a client that's uh, really looking at it's it. Uh, it's it's uh, for me uh, in in the past few years I've been uh, lucky to naturally to work with clients that allow us um, to craft things and even though the the again I was talking about the timeline and and, and the speed of process that's what they expect from the beginning. Uh, the attention to, to detail and um, what drives um, most of a project is the relationship between 
the sort of interpretation of a client's business through a visual language. And our visual language is not only graphic, but often throughout the space. And we were able to complement these uh, and, 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 and put that into a certain, certain context where uh, you're truly revealing uh, someone's uh, work and the more we go, I mean, the, the more we're, we're getting into, uh, into uh, a mature company with, with, I would say mature because we're, we're now um, uh, more than, than eight, we're almost uh, 20. And uh, it's, it's hard to keep that level uh, of, of craftsmanship because you, you have to, um, to get a certain volume of clients in order um, to, to, to pay your bills and to sustain. So as a designer uh, and as a founder and as a managing director, you're always, you're always struggling with that where you, you need to put your hands on the creativity, making sure you innovate and your design is, you know, keeps being relevant. But on the other hand, you need to, uh, to, to sustain it and make sure your business, uh, your business sustains. So it's been a challenge. What type of projects do you say no to? Uh, clients that are... Um, it's, it's more on the relationship I have with the clients. You, you, you'll see... Uh, you'll see I'll have a, a feeling that this is not the right project when my relationship with a client is, uh, is from the beginning a bit. Uh, you get frustrations uh, from... Uh, the first discussions, if you feel like they're uh, they're looking for uh, something that you can't necessarily deliver. Uh, again, timelines they push you hard straight at uh, at first. There's no there's no industries. Uh, there's no um, assignments. I w would be ready to say no in advance. Uh, the more. Uh, Say that the more different the industries are from what we usually do, the more excited I am about the project because it's, it puts me in a place where I have to really think um, in a, a place where I've never actually been thinking of. So it's something that it's unusual. Uh, I remember back in one of the most um, challenging assignment was at DDB actually when uh, I was preparing a pitch for uh, AIA. It was a global pitch for this insurance company. And I was never insured in my life. I just thought it was the was one of the most stupid uh, way to spend money on insurance. <laughs> and I was asking my the head of uh, the head of planning. I was asking him, so why are you putting me on this assignment? It's like, well, look, think about uh, this. What would you what would make you want to get insurance? Uh, and and that sort of put me in a place where. From, from that moment on, I was every time I, I, I was working for a brand or something I didn't see desire or I didn't relate to, I was putting myself in some in a place where I would what would make me desire this 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 um, this service or this um, this product. So yes, the challenge of not being initially turned on by by something puts you in a very uh, very different place, and the outcome is usually very great. Substance has offices in Hong Kong, Paris, and Stockholm. How does the design culture and community compare in these cities, these very different cities? They collaborate more with Hong Kong because uh, here we've been growing uh, at, at the different rates. Paris 
um, is essentially uh, digital. Uh, although uh, more recently we were approached because of the um, the fact that we're more multidisciplinary here in Hong Kong, we've um, showcased some work that uh, been creates some attraction in, in the other cities. I don't feel like we're collaborating enough at this stage because uh, we're still too small. We engage uh, Stockholm. Matthias, especially, is is uh, is is a great. Uh, some, it's somebody that, that that's great at, at concepts. Uh, so he has a fresh eye on things. Where you're often stuck into uh, again into the rhythm, and he comes in with a with a fresh approach. And so the the three studios work independently from each other. Um, yeah. I would say yes and no. They they have their own clients. We have our own clients, but um, we, for example, Paris will we will always uh, design uh, the digital part of our, uh, our clients' needs. And Matthias will be often uh, involved in strategy early on the project. So they they all at some point part of the project, uh, either at the beginning or at the end. Uh, we're not uh, so much engaged. Uh, in these offices because uh, we're really busy here. Mm -hmm. The volume of things keep us busy here, and we're now on the we're, we're now looking at opening an office in the U.S. Um, oh. because uh, we've, we've heard that um, there's a need for um, the kind of work we do, uh, especially in, in F&B and hospitality. So working in these three cities: uh, Hong Kong, Paris, Stockholm, and now possibly the U.S. When you design, uh, do you design for a specific location in mind, and do you respond to the, the distinct characteristics of a region, its culture, its values, or uh, do you approach your work with a, a more overarching global perspective? It could have been um, interesting to talk about this three years ago, but um, it's, it's we're, we're in a in a city that is now I would call um, a international uh, and mature city in a, in a very strange way Hong Kong as you would have expected Hong Kong to be already uh, international eclectic and uh, uh, cosmopolitan five years ago but it wasn't the case it just started four years ago and um, so now I feel like it's part of, of a panel of first sort of, uh, first tier city uh, around the world that have the same type of uh, consumer demography. So you you look at um, you look at the project we have, and uh, we'll probably work the same way uh, somewhere else in the world. Uh, it, we're we're working essentially for for restaurants. So that approach is often uh, translating the chef's vision. Uh, it's not so much about the consumer, because uh, at the end of the day, it's, we're just making sure the the um, uh, the diners are enjoying themselves in the place so we're creating a decor for them uh, and it's often a, a very close relationship for the, uh, with the chef and the type of food he's serving um, we have now more international projects uh, on their business model so uh, we're working with museums uh, that's the, the cultural parts uh, of, of, of Hong Kong that's been more active in the past uh, three years, and that's surprising as well because of the uh, the size of this um, the city and the fact that it was already uh, quite international. But um, it's become it's became uh, eclectic in terms of of who is who lives here. Only in the past three years, it was essentially a finance and uh, a and a and a city based on trade, and it's now attracting a lot more diverse uh, um, profiles. So people working in manufacturing. 
uh, people working in design. So it's a lot more, uh, it's trying to innovate a lot more. So I would say we, we're now uh, designing uh, f- for, um, for the world because uh, mm-hmm. it would be similar in, in another city. And I'm imagining though, because a lot of your work is so location-based that uh, each city um, has its own distinct way that it inspires and informs the studio, um, history, culture, uh, yes, it, it's interesting that Hong Kong also hasn't found its identity in terms of uh, contemporary design. I think they're, it's a very early. Uh, it's a great place to be. So we're, we're I think what defines our our, uh, our studio uh, here in Hong Kong is it's we were lucky enough to be at the right place, at the right time, in the right place um, because there were not many design studio five years ago. We were the first. A uh, small independent studio to establish uh, ourselves and, and gather um, a certain type of, of businesses when um, everyone shifted from um, big industries uh, to go independent. So uh, individuals that starting uh, looking at China, the factories, etc. The synergies possible. So we weren't synch- synchronized, but uh, it just happened, and we were lucky to, to be here and sort of um, channel that through our skills and, and being able to, to help people visualize their ideas, so create identities, etc. Now, we put our hands on the first uh, hotel here in Hong Kong. It's a 66-room boutique hotel in Wan Chai. And if you look at the, the range of offerings in hotels, you have the, uh, the top ones, the big, the big names, the Four Seasons, the Mandarin Oriental, the Shangri-La, uh, the Marriott, and so on. And then you have um, a lower end, and there's nothing in between. It, it, we, there's no boutique hotel uh, offering in Hong Kong That's, that, that breathes the, um, what you would find in Hong Kong as, a, as an identity. So... We're, we're lucky enough to put uh, our hands on this project. Uh, we were, uh, it was quite a tough sort of uh, pitch where we're now capturing Hong Kong's DNA through um, through different elements, and uh, we're realizing we're uh, it's it's really a it's it's a pleasure to be able to uh, to be one of the first uh, to do that through a, um, a, an experience such as a hotel. People will come in for a couple of days or a week, and uh, the idea is that they really feel like they've been in Hong Kong, um, and and that's sort of um, taking that DNA and translating into a, a hospitality experience from uh, the uh, the F&B offering in the um, at the ground floor to the rooms. It's really a pleasure because I've been living here for seven years, and uh, we all have our. Uh, own little uh, experiences that we want to uh, give back to uh, to people who are coming here for a couple of days. Well, through a design lens, uh, what is that Hong Kong DNA? Specifically, what do you love most about working and designing in Hong Kong? The eclectic side of things. Where, uh, where you have in Shanghai, the, 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 the history of, of, um, of Chinese craftsmanship has been sort of destroyed in China and uh, you would expect Hong Kong to have sort of kept it but it, it's 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 also surprisingly new that people are uh, looking at uh, saving um, a few areas where um, you'd have craftsmanship uh, so we for example on this street uh, we had a guy that was working on wood and building stamps and then we had 
a few furniture stores down the streets and they're all one by one gone uh, because people are not really paying attention to these skills. Uh, Shanghai had the same thing. You had communism that came in for 50 years uh, and then it sort of took away all this this uh, idea of of beauty and everything that was uh, considered useless, so everything that's not from your everyday uh, survival was taken away. Uh, so when you arrive in Shanghai, you st- but you still have that in the architecture. They couldn't take the architecture away. Here in Hong Kong, you have uh, you have a landscape that's really uh, sort of uh, disturbing because it's all about functionality and it's about efficiency. So all the buildings have a very very low, uh, a very very high efficiency when it comes to. Uh, to building habitats, but uh, very low efficiency when it comes to uh, to comfort. I, I've heard that over and over again talking to designers here, that uh, the city puts a, a huge focus on efficiency, but wouldn't that go hand in hand with craftsmanship? Uh, well, it depends. They're they're trying to put the uh, maximum amount of people in uh, the smallest space, so that if you call that efficiency, it's. I mean, comfort is is. Uh, Space is, is such a, a rarity here. So uh, obviously we're on an island, so we can only go vertical. But and time, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a real struggle, and also the um, unfortunately, unfortunately the the fact that it's essentially based on trade. People are trying to maximize their profit, and we're not looking at a quality of life. But that's changing, and again, that's surprisingly. Uh, it's surprisingly new for places that are supposed to be a first international first year international city so again we're part of that change um we're living it now and i think it's really exciting if you just look around the buildings are all look they all look like social housing in um in city suburbs but they're actually multi-million dollar apartments and there's a contradiction there uh so we're uh, we're here to to help uh to to help that that change, and I think to, it it's it's a blank canvas. It's amazing where everything can be done, and everything can still uh, change when you thought everything was already built. The city already had uh, a lack of space, but no, there's a rejuvenation, and we're uh, we're working on that. On your website, it states napping for the explicit reason of conjuring surreal ideas is completely justifiable. That seems surprising to me in the context of Hong Kong. Um, it's so fast-paced. I didn't think anyone napped here. It's a one-minute nap. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I do maybe five or six one-minute nap a day. Um, it, it, it. Well, that's a, that, that's a, a real problem. Is is we're uh, we're trying to balance a um, time for inspiration. Uh, so set back on not having your your literally your, your hands in the project and, and being able to dream. You have to strategize your uh, your time, and then uh, as soon as you leave, your uh, your your energy uh, comes back again. I mean, we're we're again we're surrounded by by an extraordinary amount of cultures, uh, and um, there's it's so rich in history and heritage that you, you, it's just building on that. It's uh, it, there's so many things you you can do and where you can go. So we just finished a Korean restaurant, for example, uh, and this is this is a um, a culture that I'm not really familiar with, but uh, just digging it into it, it's uh, it's surprisingly rich, and um, and you have even, we have even clients now more and more you'll see the this idea of fusion between uh, between two cultures that are very very uh, far uh, from each other. So uh, Mexican with uh, Chinese, with Chino, for example. 
they're, they're coming up with some some interesting fusion. So being being uh, being very close to the F&B industry, also these guys are very adventurous in their food. So that also uh, makes it more interesting because I think uh, food is is at the forefront of innovation and uh, being able to to put a face on this with identities or space then allows us to uh, constantly touch to very very creative projects. Well going back to your mission statement in that statement there are words like surreal, beautiful, positive madness. It sounds like creativity is a top priority for your company. What is your creative process? How does beauty and imagination fit into this process? That's something we, from the first day, it was a struggle initially with bigger company. Uh, that, that's, that, that, that was something I thought when, when I started Subson is no matter what, even if we struggle with, uh, with clients and, and the business itself, we'll keep uh, the creativity going. So we'll, we'll keep uh, doing what we want to do. Is this part of a, like a larger design philosophy that a, a work of substance adheres to? Working and again, st- having started with a restaurant uh, as as uh, when when we established Substance in Hong Kong, uh, this is one of the places where it's it's almost like creating a, a movie set uh, or you uh, you you're you're scripting a movie. People are uh, the actors, and then you're uh, you're there uh, to uh, to set the stage. And um, there's no commercial restriction. It's um, essentially a space where people uh, are enjoying themselves, having fun. Uh, and, and you're, I think restaurants and, and, and hotels, I mean, my experience in hotels is not, is not, uh, is not much yet, but with uh, a place where you spend time for a meal, lunch or dinner, often you have memories, whether it's a date or it's a business meeting or it's with friends. Uh, the environment will really uh, trigger some, uh, some, some memories. So we're, uh, we're very, very lucky to, uh, to be able to design these spaces and um, there, there's no creative boundaries. Uh, it's, it's pretty much the budget established from the beginning with some clients uh, often uh, give us a pretty open budget uh, at first. It's not a set, uh, a, a, set, um, a set amount, but that puts us in one of the places that uh, allow ourselves to be uh, even more creative. We don't really know what the outcome will be, and um, it's yeah. We had some projects that were called more surreal, uh, but we're we're trying we're trying more and more not to be uh, too uh, theme driven. Uh, that's uh, that's something that you'll see often in in uh, in city that's that's morphing into a more mature place. But some of our projects were, uh, were uh, I would say, uh, strongly uh, designed with, um, with an intention to mimic the, the food offering. So they were maybe a bit too themed. Uh, but now uh, it's, it's a lot more competitive. Uh, there's a lot more restaurants. There's a lot more uh, cool places to go, to drink. Uh, so we have to think uh, our design approach has, has changed as well. At the end of the day, it's it's all about uh, again. It's all about crafting things. Uh, so it's it's uh, how much uh, of a human touch you can put in the space, and how how people are going to be engaged by that. And say, okay, th- these are skills, uh, and this is something that makes me sort of react to. It's essentially it's, it's like the uh, it's what I see as almost being uh, 
something you see in the art world, uh, putting a message and a sense of craftsmanship onto a, onto a, a space or a surface. Do you think this uh, focus on craft is in any way informed by your background in architecture? I think y yes, yes, um, but I see the same process in graphic design. I just, I just love to see that. I've, I've, I've struggled when I was working for an architect uh, to see the, the two-dimensional aspect of, of uh, projects uh, come together uh, in a three-dimensional space. So we talk about wayfinding, we talk about signage, um, we'll talk about uh, documentation on the building when they're trying to sell that space. And I felt there was a gap in between. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty recent that people uh, included graphic design and architecture. And they, they, you have some big names out there and tremendous architectural work. And I think a good example is, for example, is, um, a good example is, is Thomas uh, Heatherwick, where uh, his senses of, of craftsmanship goes from a, a, a macro perspective to micro perspective with his annual greeting cards. Uh, built on, on postal uh, stamps. And on the other spectrum of his project, you have these um, giant-scaled... Uh, his approach to volume on a, on a much bigger scale is also very, very uh, detailed. So it's amazing to, uh, to see now uh, people who are um, managing to, uh, to craft uh, in, th in that type of range. How does uh, the concept of craft apply to, say, brain strategy? We're, um, it's interesting, it's almost like mathematical, um, and it's, I'm not mathematical at all, so I realized how important it was when you sit down with a client and you try to take their, uh, their emotions, because often uh, when the startup company, the, their business was driven by a, an algorithm of emotion, I would say, or, or an assembly of, of of emotion, so we're we're often we're trying to we do workshop with them. We we get uh, the information out of them, and then we try to d define these with our copywriters. Where the words together, uh, it's often called brand personality on our end. That's the first bridge between uh, their ideas and visuals. Um, so it's how can we translate uh, these emotions uh, throughout a graphic language. And once that work is done, uh, no matter what you attach to, to, these, uh, to these words, whether it's a color or uh, a typography or an illustration, uh, it, it becomes true when, uh, when uh, you, uh, the same reaction, the same um, group of, of, uh, of emotions uh, come out of, of these, uh, these elements you've designed. So it sounds like in both cases, it's about sensitivity to materials? That's exactly it. Currently, are there any specific things that are inspiring or influencing your work uh, in other fields like art, technology, commerce? Definitely music. It's very abstract for me. Uh, I, have, you know, I admire people uh, being able to read a partition and uh, and start f from a completely uh, blank canvas, especially when you have new jar. Uh, you have sometimes once in a while you have a a, a melody and. A rhythm that redefines uh, a certain uh, musical type, and that that's uh, that's something that really inspires me. And then definitely science. Uh, we always always go back to science when uh, when we do projects. We always research uh, through facts, and uh, I think that's how we 
sort of make our project even more relevant. There's an educational part of things where we're trying to make our design valuable when people sort of need them or um, they, they it makes them want to uh, engage with them uh, because there's there's uh, it gives them something. Uh, so if you look at um, the simple things like collaterals we do, uh, some of them will have a description that uh, that educate them whether it's on a a place, uh, a an instruction. Uh, it could be uh, also a uh, we've done some city guides for hang tags for um, a a fashion brand. So it, it's it's really engaging people and wanting to collect items we're doing, so they become more relevant in time uh, because they have they have a sort of uh, a, a different use than just being just a piece to communicate uh, some basic information on the product. What about current design heroes? I have this attraction to uh, to tropical uh, to tropical living, and so I'm, I'm born in Brazil, and I've been always inspired by Brazilian designers, especially uh, landscape designers. So uh, guys like Borle Marx um, and uh, there's a guy called Zanini who's uh, who built tree houses, but like high-end tree houses. I mean, they're they're pretty uh, pretty intricate in terms of how they actually sit in the landscape. And um, the uh, sort of the the, the quest of, of creating a, um, a habitat in nature, uh, these guys have, have pushed it to a unique sort of um, offering. The, the space you look at Zanini is he's, he's been um, working on, in building um, almost like places that look like control towers in uh, in airports. Uh, so it's all glass, uh, slanted 45 degrees above the canopy. It's pretty surprising uh, uh, as a as a space, not only in that location, but uh, when you sit in uh, in the actual um, treehouse. Uh, Bourde Marx is, is the guy behind Copacabana, uh, building the um, the seafront um, pedestrian parts, and uh, he's an urban planner as well. He's a landscape designer. Uh, most recently, uh, people engage in materials, uh, people like uh, Thomas Hathwick, uh that's uh, been a master at uh, looking materials as a starting point, and is also engaged in bringing engineers, uh, defining these materials and finding their limits in terms of how you can build with them and how you can integrate to a project. Uh, here in Hong Kong, Joyce Wang, I've been uh, looking at her work because she's uh, been also very good at uh, taking her time to craft things. So the attention to detail uh, has been um, quite uh, quite beautiful in some recent projects. And some older older uh, architects like uh, Luis Barragan for, again, uh, tropicality, uh, the, this sort of choice of colors and integration in the landscape. Uh, it's a Mexican architect who's been probably a master at um, putting color into uh, into architecture. What does the upcoming year look like for Substance? Are there any developments that you're particularly excited about? Going to take off. I have a little one-year break, like Sagmeister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're now we we wish every time I look at his uh, I watch his his uh, his, uh, his talk uh, about taking. A sabbatical. 
but I don't know how this would work for us. Um, but eventually, maybe we could afford that. Um, this year, we're um, we're we're in a very very different place now for interior design, and I think that's the value. You know, people are looking for um, experience in space. Um, it, it's a lot more tangible than than graphic design. Uh, people relate to space because they look for experience, and when they look for experience, often it's it's within um, a, um, a volume um, rather than being on a page. Um, so our goal is, is to be uh, a lot more flawless in, uh, in, in, in building spaces. We realized that, the, um, again, our credibility was also in the attention to detail. People loved the fact that we, uh, we were um, pushing the boundaries, uh, and that's because of production. Production is key. So what we're looking at this year is, is having uh, a one-stop shop offering with our production partners, uh, maybe merging with them, finding the right one. So we're still looking for the right production partner. And furniture will be... Um, one of the key elements of our offering and we're probably about six months from launching our own furniture line and uh, that is just the outcome of of having designed uh, furniture for uh, all these um, all these F&B offering these retail uh, clients and uh, their desire to have a complete custom made brand is uh, was great for us because now we're we're probably uh, we're pretty, yeah, probably six months from uh, from launching it. Uh, hopefully, mid next year. Uh, going back to the subject of the sabbatical, if you could take a year off, what would you do? So we have a few brands that we would like to develop. That brands that came out of of collaboration with clients or uh, brands that that were inspired by assignment. And I think I would spend some time on this. They, 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 uh, they would um, take a lot more time. So that sabbatical, uh, I think, in order for me to to say, okay, that this uh, this product is a product that I can uh, finally put on the market. So I would have to uh, to um, to take a step back and then put my my time on this. These are these are brands and product that I really uh, wanted to. Uh, to work on for for years and never had the time to do it. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was awesome. Beyond This Point is created by Civilization, a design firm rooted in social change. The podcast is audio engineered by Dave West and produced by Eric Blood. Listen to more of our podcasts at beyondthispoint.design.